you're listening to the Tongue Tie Experts Podcast, a weekly program providing information and support for those families impacted by tongue and lip tie and the professionals caring for them. I'm Lisa Palladino, a midwife and a lactation consultant with over 30 years of experience. If you are a parent looking for answers or a professional who is curious to learn more than what you learned in school on this topic, welcome. This podcast is for you. A gentle disclaimer, please do not consider anything discussed on this podcast by myself or any guest of the podcast to be medical advice. The information is provided for educational purposes only and does not take the place of your own medical or lactation provider. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. This is Lisa Palladino, and I love my guest today because she's a fellow IBCLC, and I love chatting with other IBCLCs, especially those like Jessica, um, because we have so much in common. Um, Jessica is Jessica Altamara is a IBCLC who started out as a La Leche League leader. She's also a, a birth and postpartum doula, and she works in the Triangle area of North Carolina in the United States. Um, I'm sure Jessica will tell us all about it, but she is um, a founder of the Three Pillar Approach, which she will tell us what that means. Um, but it's something that I totally embrace, and you know my. Um, Beginnings in tongue tie range back to the first uh, conference that I attended in which I did meet Jessica for the first time. So this is a full circle moment for me, and I'm glad to have you here, Jessica, um, and welcome. Hi, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. I, um, I know we both get really into and enthusiastic about working together and collaborating and building community. And I love what you're doing here to start building more community for everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So we connected again because um, you made an adorable YouTube video for the the conference that you're promoting. So um, I'd like to start so we don't forget to get to that. I'd like to start with... um, Discussing the conference, what it is, why you're involved in it, and um, what's going on with that. So the, the organization is called ICAP, right? Right. It's the International Consortium of Inky Lafrenula Professionals. And um, the word Inky Lafrenula is not particularly familiar to everyone because it's a new term. And um, there are a lot of terms that are used for oral restrictions, tongue tie, lip tie, buckle tie, tethered oral tissues, oral restrictions. And so Ankylofrenula is, uh, an- you know, Ankyloglossia plus all of the others and any restrictive oral tissue, any restrictive oral frenulum mm-hmm. would be an Ankylofrenula mm-hmm. modeled after Ankyloglossia, the mm-hmm. Um, also, this is a, it's an international organization, so I know that when the name was um, 
when you came up with the name because I was kind of I was kind of involved with the founding of this organization way back then when you came up with the name you were looking for something that would be internationally recognized not a term that's used just in one place correct yeah I I think that's been one of the unique and challenging parts of ICAP Mm -hmm. has been that we have members in every continent except Antarctica Mm -hmm. and um thinking about how to be inclusive and cross-cultural and thoughtful for all um, as many cultures as possible, as many languages as possible. And even like time zones, Mm -hmm. even thinking about how uh, the conference team meets um, in Eastern standard time. We meet at 9 PM my time Mm -hmm. because Sharon, who's another member of the team is in Australia and it's like 11 AM her time the next day. So it's um, I, love how international this organization truly is. And that even at this conference, we have people who are speaking from every continent, many countries and cultures. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's exciting. It is also part of the unique challenge of even picking the name of the organization. Yeah. And I do remember way back and, and I applaud you, first of all, for your success. And those of you who are Mem- uh, on the committee and, you know, founders that stayed with it um, because I know I was part of that in the beginning and it was, it was so difficult and it was yeah. so challenging to get those connections made because of all the things that you just mentioned. So, you know, kudos to you and to your team and everyone that's involved still and and newly involved because it seems to have expanded and it's it's just um you know i'm in awe of all of you and i'm very excited for the conference this september well thank you so much for that you know i i think the reason that even through all of the challenges of the last couple years in maintaining connection um having to go from a Plan this. This conference was originally supposed to be in 2020, mm-hmm. and now it's happening in 2022. And and all of the reworking of everything. I think the reason that it's persisted has been because there's such a deep need for community and connection. Mm-hmm. Everything with tongue ties and and lip ties and ankylofrenula uh, can be contentious, and a lot of people who are on the cutting edge of these issues feel isolated in their own communities. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, you know, and, and I think that it's growing. I know for me where I live, there are far more people who are um, involved and connecting and creating our own um, like little bubble. But, you know, in 2014, when the beginning of these conferences first started, most of us were the only people from the area we came from. Right. And, it it's so um, validating mm-hmm. to meet with your people. It's so you know, like we get to be with our people when yeah. we're together, and yeah. I think that's why this concept and this organization has persisted, even though there's been a lot of bumps in the road. Yeah. So I I love the term you just used because I when I talk about the first conference that I ever went to in Montreal, I say that I walked into this room and I knew no one except 
I knew of Dr. Scott Siegel, but I hadn't met him yet. I was already referring patients to him, but I hadn't ever been in the same room with him. We had had discussions, but I didn't know him really. I knew no one else in the room. And when I sat at a table and talked to the people at my table, I said to myself, I I actually sent a message to my husband and said, I think I've met my people, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's why, um, you know, I've been all over the place. I've been back into functional medicine. I do, I do so many things, but I've, since everything has settled now after the pandemic and now that I have the, the, the podcast in place and my course is going, I'm like, you know what? It's time to reconnect with my people and there's new people and there's more people. However, it's so wonderful to look at the list of people that are involved and know that we were like, or you were, because I wasn't involved in the organization at that time. That was like a, um, like a nest that branched out into all directions and grew this field in amazing ways and acceptance of the field. Because as yeah. you say, that isolated feeling. That's exactly mm-hmm. what you feel like. So if you're if you're a professional who is listening to this podcast and you feel like I really, really want to do this work, I want to change my practice to include practice around tongue tie, whether that be that you're an IBCLC or an educator or a dentist or a nurse or a midwife, whatever role you have. And I hope I haven't left anybody out because I could go on forever listing the roles. If you feel like you're afraid to because you don't know anyone else who does this, then you should go to a conference because the connections made are so incredible. I think, I think that's why we are going out on a limb and doing an in-person conference. Mm -hmm. Travel is something that a lot of people are feeling skittish about. That's Mm -hmm. important to acknowledge. And I think that there are a lot of people who would love to come, but are on the fence because they're worried about traveling, about getting there. Um, about whether they can rely on on travel to happen. I know I certainly am purchasing insurance for my flight and and hotel room and everything. And uh, it's, but in person, until you've experienced being at one of these conferences in person, it's hard to appreciate the difference, but it's, it's huge. And we went back and forth about whether to do another virtual. We did a virtual conference last year or they did, I wasn't on the team yet, but they did a conference one last year and worked really hard to make as much connection as possible through various online platforms, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And the we, as we've been planning the conference, we've been thinking about the fact that for a lot of us, there are some amazing sessions and some incredible speakers. And also for a lot of us, our favorite part is what happens between sessions and after sessions. So mm-hmm. it's been a lot of talk of like, well, maybe we need to have more breakout sessions. Maybe we need to have happy hour or networking. Like for a lot of us, online education is available through a huge number of platforms and mm-hmm. education about tongue tie and, and lip ties and sleep apnea and all of this stuff is pretty available virtually. And so I think that the, the connection in person is what's different. And we just couldn't bring ourselves to do another virtual conference because of that. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I just recently attended a live conference, um, the AAPMD in New York. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> we were all like walking around like, 
wow, we're here, you know, because we're so used to seeing each other in little boxes, you know, yeah. and it's been so long. And we hadn't even realized, you don't realize how much you miss that in-person connection until you're there again. And you're like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be, you know? And yeah, um, yeah. so it sounds really cool. So Jeff, let's, let's um just swing the conversation a little bit because I think, you know, I don't want to finish up without chatting about what we were talking about before we came on that three pillar approach and your approach and, and how you have um, expanded what you know, to be sure uh, to be true into other people's practices and, um, and what that is. So talk to us about that. Sure. So you, you mentioned functional medicine mm -hmm. and I share that love. Uh, the, my background is, I come from sort of two two interesting angles. My mother was a labor and delivery nurse and an IBCLC and a doula and a childbirth instructor. That's and she wonderful. took me with her to work. Uh -huh. And I remember hanging out in the teaching hospital, like just uh -huh. in labor and delivery. And, and the first time I saw someone give birth, I was 12. I mean, it was like, I was very much almost groomed for a career in this kind of field. Right. Um, and my dad is an engineer. He'll say he used to be an engineer, but I don't know. You're born an engineer and you die an engineer. Like I was raised by an engineer, whether or not he was getting paid to be an engineer. Uh -huh. And it gave me this love for really good troubleshooting, for finding the root cause of an issue mm -hmm. and fixing a system so that compensations weren't needed. Beautiful. And to do that, when we're looking at addressing oral restrictions is really challenging. You know, I, so the conference we just mentioned, I'm speaking on how to get people to do active wound management. If mm -hmm. we just look at like whether it's stretches or sweeps or forklifts or whatever people are doing to assist in optimal wound healing post-release, um, it's, it's challenging to get parents to engage and to feel self-efficacy in doing this and to, to just jump in and do their part. Just that little piece of it requires so much thought in in learning styles, in helping parents regulate their nervous systems. So this idea of the three-pillar approach, and that conference in Montreal in 2014, the, the term came to my mind. The concept is not something I invented. A lot of us were simultaneously coming to an appreciation for release and body work and, and functional support, an IBCLC for a baby, and, and you know, SLP, OMT for older kids. Mm -hmm. and um, we were, so the, the term came to my mind. I don't remember what triggered it. And I just started spinning things around in my head. And over about a year and a half, came to develop this model that has all three pillars in it. Um, so it's an IBCLC and a body worker and a release provider. So far, most of them I've worked with have been dentists. Mm -hmm. And um, it is also using the centering model of care which some people are familiar with and some people won't be. Mm -hmm. But the centering model of care is really evidence-based. It's been used mostly in maternity care, some in postpartum and a little bit in pediatrics. Mm -hmm. But it's where a clinical care happens surrounding a support group mm -hmm. and so intertwined. It's, yeah. it's very used in, in midwifery practices in right. Berlin, right? Yes. In pregnancy and prenatal care, which is beautiful because the community helps there. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's founded in this 
appreciation for social connection and support. And I think now we're, we're back to doing groups in the clinic I'm a part of. There's obviously like for a while, we weren't putting a bunch of people in a room together. And now that we are, we can see the difference that having a support group, letting people process their experience before they, you know, the, their tongue tie journey, as I call it, the journey of getting to doing the release and then planning for post um, any horror stories they've heard or, or fears that they have and having, so it also allows for teaching, mm-hmm. you know, families are there for a couple of hours while each baby is getting body work in preparation for the procedure. They're having ties released there coming back and getting support and feeding and and woven throughout that is connection nervous system regulation talking about self-care talking about babies how we help babies regulate how we do tummy time how we do aftercare in a way that is feasible how we teach them aftercare using many learning styles so it's like a class and a support group and all three pillars of the three pillar approach put together and the bonus is that you know we might have five babies in a group and we get to teach aftercare one time. Right, right. Because when I was doing one, when we were doing like one family at a time, mm-hmm. if I taught aftercare 10 to 10 people in a day, by the time, like the fourth time, I was just like, what? I don't remember what I've said to these people. Right, I don't remember. Right. I, I often say it. that at the end of the day, like I'll say to my patient, um, did I say this to you yet? Because I don't remember if I said it to you yes. before. Because you're just saying that same, you know, you don't want to miss any messages. And it's basically the same message, you know, given in a little bit more individually to each set of parents, but you don't want to miss anything. But did I say this? Or I think I said this, but what, what time was that? Was that before lunch? No. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. You're, yeah. It's, you can't keep track. Uh, I mean, it's almost like we can be more individualized because they're in a group. Yeah. And they make connections with each other, I bet. Yeah, they're exchanging phone numbers. Okay. We also have a virtual support group uh-huh. that we get everybody to join. Um, anybody who's comfortable or willing, we we allow anonymous posting on it and everything. Mm-hmm. So we have a virtual support group to carry that out. And people will take videos of themselves doing aftercare for feedback on how that's going, for mm-hmm. information on how healing is going. Sometimes we're able to spot unusual healing patterns and, and intervene sooner. You know, I, it's... Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just the idea of being thorough. And and then when I go in, so then a few other people reached out to me, colleagues who had a dentist they wanted to work with or a dentist who had gone and taken a course and heard my name and they wanted to start using this model or something similar. And I would sort of be talking to them and realize that there are a million little details that you have to figure out in doing this that we had figured out through trial and error. Are you a professional that feels like you didn't learn enough about tongue tie in school? Whether you're a lactation consultant, a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a midwife, a doula, a doctor, a speech language pathologist, a chiropractor, PT, OT, dentist, etc. I don't mean to leave anyone out. Anyone who works with pregnant or breastfeeding families in any capacity who is curious about tongue tie is welcome in the professional's guide to tongue tie in the breastfeeding infant. What you'll learn, we have four modules, assessment, treatment plan, phrenotomy, and aftercare. 
so much great information and it comes with a community. I didn't learn this in school, did you? Tongue tie treatment can be complex and those who expect relief of symptoms with a quick snip or even a laser release, even by an experienced provider, are usually disappointed. Join me to learn protocols that offer an organized and simplified plan to support families through decision-making, preparation, treatment plans, procedure if needed, and aftercare. Learn the teamwork model of care. Knowing why and which providers are necessary will make things easier for you and provide effective outcomes for your patients. Please sign up today. The link is in the show notes, but you can go to my website, tongue-tie-experts.net. Go to the professional tab. And one last thing, since you listen to my podcast, you'll get 15% off just by using the coupon code PODCAST15. And the word podcast is all in caps. Can't wait to see you in the group. Take care. Right. Like I was thinking as you're talking about it, I'm trying to figure out how I would ever get something like that organized. That seems overwhelming to me, but you figured it out. You did it. We figured it out. We learned some things the hard way, how to handle what we call Facebook referrals. You know, people who have no support network or functional support before they make an appointment um, versus people who show up where they've already had body work and been working with an IBCLC, Mm -hmm. uh, different levels of education, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And because uh, we take Medicaid and TRICARE and all that stuff. So um, it's we we learned a lot the hard way. And now I just I put together the paperwork for people that comes from the perspective of an IBCLC and a massage therapist with 30 years of experience, you know, working together, figuring out how we teach. You know, it's not usually the provider who hears from parents when the baby won't eat that night yes. or when things get worse before they get better. It's us. We're right. the ones that they're calling. Right. So creating paperwork from that bigger picture perspective and then just, you know, like sharing that, rebranding it for different um, pr- providers and offices and lots of pictures. So people will sign a photo release and whenever we have permission from them, we can use the pictures to like give examples of what things look like when they're healing. So parents have a sense of what is normal and what isn't. Right. Uh, yeah, I think one of the things that I'm really inspired by is that early in my career, in 2005, I had a baby. I was already becoming an IBCLC. I was sure breastfeeding was going to go great because I knew so much. Right. And I, we were a complete train wreck. Right. And we ended up at this conference that uh, I ended up in a session I wasn't planning to go to where tongue tie was mentioned. And I walked up to that speaker afterwards and literally held my baby out. And I was like, Aww. help me. And she Aww. looked at his little retracted jaw and we ended up talking that was Kathy Watson Jenna oh, and she yeah. hadn't really published supporting right. sucking skills or anything yet, right. but she, I looked her up afterwards when I saw somebody, she answered my emails. She was so generous with she her did. knowledge and her time yeah. and she's always welcoming to new people. And so I've been really inspired by her yeah. in taking the same approach of like, if I've spent three years working in a clinic and learning things the hard things the hard way people there's there's no benefit in other people having to do that right 
Right. Uh, and yes, like I think anybody is capable of doing this, mm-hmm. putting it together, figuring it out, troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we're remarkable in what we've done, except that we did it sooner than most people. Right. And you did it. And, and yeah, we, we just, we did, did it. it. Yeah. We didn't have because, a model to work off of. Right. We figured it out. So a couple of things there. So many of us have ideas, but don't carry them through. Right. And that I need to teach what you learn is, I mean, that's what elevates the profession, whatever profession you're in. Right. So that's, you mentioned that that's why you share this with other groups. And that's why I have my professional course, because I say that same thing. Like instead of people starting from scratch, trying to figure this out, this is what I found works for me. And it doesn't just work for me. I learned it from standing on the shoulders of other people. And I just want to go back and, you know, you said her name very quickly, Kathy Watson, Jenna, I think she deserves a pause and a, you know, a big bow. Um, so many of us have learned from Kathy. And if you are someone listening who doesn't know who Kathy Watson Jenna is, because, you know, if you're new to the field, Kathy is very under the radar. She's not really on social media, um, but she is just, she started this all, meaning she was one of the first to talk about what a baby needs to do to suck and how the tongue is involved and what the oral anatomy is. And I don't think there's an IBCLC that works with tongue tie who hasn't learned from Kathy on some. On and some. she worked with Betty Corollis. Right. And, and, and yeah. who, who I think I'm saying her last name, right? Yeah. Um, and who, Corellio, who like trained Scott Siegel, yeah. who yeah, has, exactly. who's been a forerunner in the field. I mean, I don't, I, the ripples that she's had are huge yeah. and she isn't interested in, a ton of acclaim or attention right. for it. She just right. keeps doing the work. Right. Um, so she, I, she absolutely deserves recognition from that even more than recognition. I think what she would appreciate is that people are inspired to work in the same way she does without ego. Yes. You know, the, it's always about the families Yes. and figuring out how we serve them best. It's right. not about us. And I think she's modeled that. And I think that, you know, um, not to keep bringing it back around to it, but I guess I have, yeah, you know, yeah, I have yeah. it on my mind, the conference and everything, um, is that there have been, you know, a lot of sort of small other attempts to start to bring people together. And one of the things that's been the present on the minds that like when you were involved in the beginning with ICAP, mm-hmm. a lot of us were thinking, how, how do we do this in a way, how do we create a community that is equitable, that is open to new thoughts and new ideas where people are not dug into their ego mm-hmm. because those of us who did this early, it's easy to become defensive. We yeah. have been fighting to be heard. We have been fighting to have credibility for treating ties for so long that when somebody comes in and we're like, no, like we, you know, we're like, you know, the warriors who have been through it and it's really right. hard not to want new warriors to go through boot camp or something. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, but it's, yeah. it's that old adage of eating your young, which I hate that term, but we, we refer to that in nursing too. Yeah. Wives nursing. It's just, it's just, it's a weird thing. And I think it's time to like put that to bed because yes, hazing doesn't really help. And, anybody. and you know what? Like I was just talking to someone about this yesterday, you know, the, the title tongue tie experts, I'm going to, I'm going to come clean on this podcast. It was really hard for me to get up the, the, you know, Watts to call that 
to use that phrase, but I wanted to get people's attention. And I always kind of apologize for it saying, well, I'm not saying I'm the tongue tie expert. I'm saying we are the tongue tie experts. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because my goal is to put together tongue tie experts and to grow tongue tie experts. So, but you know what? If I didn't use an audacious name, I wouldn't be getting the following that I'm getting because you have you have to step out a little bit to be able to get attention. And sometimes that attention's a little negative and that's okay because I'm, you know, I'm I'm an old lady now and I can handle it. But um <laughs> but There's- yeah, but getting back to that, I think that intimidation of meeting the leaders in the field and thinking, could I ever do what they do? And then um I'm going to, I'm going to give Scott Siegel some credit here. Dr. Scott yeah. Siegel. One day I, I said to him. him early on, and I am like, I am so blessed and fortunate to be able to refer to him. And we have a, an amazing professional relationship. Um, but I was doubting myself because I, I was the only IBCLC that I knew where I lived that knew mm-hmm. about tongue tie. Yeah. And I was starting, people were starting to come to me because they, one person came to me, another person, because I knew, quote unquote, knew about tongue tie. Right. But I felt like I, after coming from conferences where people were doing this for years already, it was intimidating. <laughs> yes. And I said to Scott, I have to be honest, I'm afraid, I'm scared because I don't feel like I know enough. And he said, he gave me such a great, um, you know, like pep talk about it and basically said, you know enough to help them and you'll keep learning and no one else knows there's no one else that's going to help them, but you, you know, and, and I, and I put that call to action out. I often add, you know, have an email that I sent that I say, if not you, then who, you know, parents need every one of us and we have to drop the ego and drop the fear and just know that, be confident in what we know, keep growing and it's, you know, interacting and learning and networking and learning more and keeping open. And then we'll be able to support more families together, you know, taking that chance, you know, and, uh, Oh, I'm going to tell you one more story. I know that I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but you're bringing up so many things for me that are bringing back memories. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I lectured publicly, it was, um, connecting the dots and tots in New York City, and Scott had put it on the the forum, and I volunteered to speak, and I was again terrified because I had never spoke publicly on this topic oh, wow. in that big room, right? And guess who's the speaker right before me? Kathy. Kathy. Oh gosh, she's a hard <laughs> act to follow. Right. She so is. I go up there like, here's my like total hero worship, listening to her talk and panicking while she's talking. And I said to her, Kathy, I have to follow you. I can't believe it. She's like, you got this. And you know how Kathy is. She's like, you got this, Lisa, you got this. And the whole time I was lecturing, she was front and center knitting, knitting. And every once in a while, she'd give me a thumbs up sign. And I was like, all right, I got this. I got this. It was so wonderful. We, we have to lift each other up. Exactly. And so the, that, you know, Scott was there. He was a speaker at the first tongue tie centric conference. Yeah. And um, I, I had communicated with him because I was part of planning the conference, but I'd never met him in person. And then I got to meet him in person. It was great. And he got up 
And he said, I'm here to speak to you because I have a lot of questions. And I've never forgotten that. Mm -hmm. I have always wanted to open um, a conference session, maybe, maybe in September, the ICAP conference, that's how I'll open my session. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to, um, because do you know the phrase Dunning-Kruger? No. Uh, So the Dunning-Kruger effect is a psychological term for when someone is so wrapped up in what they do know that they don't really have a sense of how much they don't know. Oh, wow. So like every... Every new intern who's on the floor in a teaching hospital this month probably has a lot of Dunning-Kruger, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it, and I think most of us went through a Dunning-Kruger phase mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I just know so much and I can't wait to share it. And you just, and then sometimes we learn the hard way how much we really don't know and mm-hmm. how much there, nobody knows, right? right? There's things we think, there's things we feel, there's a right. lot we still don't know and are, are figuring out, which mm-hmm. is why we have to um, do this collaboration. But um, we appreciating that is so important. I don't know what the term for the opposite of the Dunning-Kruger effect mm-hmm. is, except wisdom. Right. 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 Wisdom right. is understanding how much you don't know. And I feel like that phrase, the, the more I learn, the less I know mm-hmm. is a cliche, but it's so accurate. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited right. about how much I don't know. Right. How boring would life be if I knew everything? I don't want to know everything. I also, to take that a step further, I think wisdom is realizing how, how comfortable or being comfortable in not knowing everything. Yes. Right. And, and I think that comes with age too. Wisdom comes with age and comfort and knowing that you'll be okay because you've gotten through other things. That's self-efficacy. Yeah. I'm all about self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. I say to my clients, I say to first time parents all the time. So I have four kids. Today is the birthday of my oldest. He's 20. And what I say to birthday of you becoming a mom, it is, it's, it's the 20th anniversary of me becoming a mom, which was quite an experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, I, I say to, to first time parents that I work with all the time, I, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing any more than I ever have, but I'm a lot more comfortable not knowing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. than when I was a new parent Mm -hmm. and sitting with that. I think that when we become comfortable with not knowing everything, with not having all the answers, we are able to serve people better and work with other people better. Because if I go to a medical appointment, I will, um, you know, I am sort of medically complicated. I think that's part of what's compelled me to appreciate functional medicine. I have a lot of rare medical things. And when I go to a provider and I mention something to them and I ask them a question and they say, you know, I don't, I don't really know the answer to that, but I'm going to help you find out. We're going to figure it out. I have more respect for them than when it's clear that they're just blowing me off or making something up or being superficial. And the, the joy of what we don't know and figuring that out together and creating community, we can create community. People bond through trauma. Mm-hmm. Like that's the boot camp idea. That's the basic mm-hmm. training idea. You go into the military and you bond through a created traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. But we can also bond through learning and joy, mm-hmm. right? We can, um, we can come together in the joy of what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Which is this crazy idea, but th- that's 
like I, I love chatting with you, Lisa, because we, it, we get excited. Like, Oh, there's this, here's this weird thing. And right. can we connect the dots? Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. That's your term. Yeah. Let's connect yeah. the dots and yeah. figure that out. It's, yeah. it's joyful and um, frustrating. Yeah. And we don't have the answers. Yeah. And um, I often tell parents who ask me um, whether it's in person or in one of my forums um, online, why didn't my doctor find this? Or why didn't my doctor know about this? And yeah. the answer is always because they don't know about it yet. Right. And, and whether or not, and whether or not they should be responsible for knowing about something they didn't learn in school is a topic for another day, but they don't yeah. know about it. And some people will respond with, oh, I don't really know about that. Let's learn about it together, as you just said. And other people either don't have the time or the bandwidth or the curiosity to think right. about there's something so much more that they haven't learned about that they should be learning about. You know, so that's that's another side of it, you know, and I think that those of us who are active in these communities and these networks and these interdisciplinary groups mm -hmm. are the ones who are still curious and are open not only to learn about our own field, but to yeah. understand what the other types of providers are doing in this space. And that's what, you know, let's bring it right back around to ICAP and the conference. Um, as with my own course and the groups I run, mm -hmm. it's interdisciplinary. And yes. usually, and, and those who are listening might not realize this, but most of the time, an IBCLC learns with other IBCLCs. A midwife learns with other midwives. A nurse learns with other nurses. A doctor learns with doctors. A dentist learns with dentists. Mm -hmm. And I think that this was what was so um, inspiring to me, walking into a room to hear lectures from different levels of providers, different types of providers, not only from different places, but from different professions. Right. And everyone was respected on the same level. Oh, we, we call each other by first names, right? Exactly. Regardless of the letters after right. your name, right. right? Scott has a million letters after his name. We're calling him Scott and he's right. comfortable with us doing that. Right. And, right. um, and there isn't this, this weird hierarchy that's happening right. in this community. Right. Like, I love that you interview people uh, from a variety of backgrounds on this podcast, mm -hmm. because some of the things that I've learned that have advanced me in my practice more than anything, I've learned from other disciplines. Right. When I'm, when, when the IBCLC books don't give me the answers I need to support families, then sometimes it's, it's a different one. Like at this conference at a glance, we have, um, for the speakers, uh, we have an SLP, we have an ENT, we have IBCLCs, we have chiropractor, we have an LMBT, a, a body worker, massage therapist, we have a physical therapist, we have, and this is actually one of the sessions that I'm the most excited about is, um, I was just talking to my husband, he's like, you have to, you have to talk about this session because you're mm -hmm. so excited, is um, it's a psychologist. Uh -huh. who is going to be speaking about her research that shows that oral function affects how babies learn to understand language. Wow. They're not, not expressive language, right. but interpretive language wow. and understanding the sounds of language and being able to um, understand what people are saying to you is affected by your tongue and other articulators. And That's so cool. 
it, it's no, mind blowing. Yeah, I feel yeah. like a tongue tie conspiracy theorist sometimes. Right. It's funny. So as you're saying that, I'm thinking of my almost seven month old grandson and how he watches people speak and he seems to be moving his mouth and his tongue as he's listening. And I'm yes. really cognizant of this because of all that I've been through. Like, I wish right. I would have known what I know now when my kids were little. My goodness, Absolutely. I screwed up. But anyway, so, um, but watching him, and that makes so much sense because he's actually using his tongue to listen to us. Right. Which is fascinating. So, so this, this conference is going to be incredible. I know it is. So tell, tell our audience, and I'm going to include the links in the show notes, but tell our audience the nuts and bolts. It's, it's, in, it's in Vancouver, it? in British Columbia, um, September 1st through 4th. That's Labor Day weekend for people in the United States. Um, it's at the Sheraton Wall Center Hotel. A big, it's like been newly renovated. It's in the middle of Vancouver. We're going to get to walk to a lot of restaurants. And they um, one of the events that we're planning as a networking event is um going to be we're we're trying to get this room they have that is like a 360 view of Vancouver with windows and stuff and I um am not making promises but I <laughs> my fingers are crossed I'm really hopeful we're going to get that room and it's going to be amazing um and it's uh I I'm going to stay it's a uh, Thursday through Sunday mm-hmm. so we have sessions on Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. Sunday are these lightning talks Uh, I love the idea of lightning talks because people who are not ready to get up and give an hour or hour and a half session, but might have valuable things to say, maybe people who are newer, they're going to get up and get 10 minutes, right? Kind of like TED Talks, just rolling through. And those are on Sunday. Um, And then I'm going to stay Sunday night so I can go and see Vancouver even more and hang out. Mm -hmm. I always love to stay an extra night Mm -hmm. because everybody... It's like is decompressing after the conference. And mm-hmm. I like being last at the party. I'm definitely one of those people who's always last to leave the party. But uh, there's also an ICAP member meeting on Sunday that I'm excited about because I want to hear about this new research committee that they're starting. So much. Um, okay. And the, yeah, so that's it's it's ICAPprofessionals.com, right? ICAPprofessionals.com, um, ICAP professional. So there's, there's two P's there. It's a little redundant since Mm -hmm. ICAP stands for international consortium of ankylophrenula professionals, professionals professionals.com. Um, but you know, you, you get the, you find the URL that works best and, um, and then on the website though, there's like a kind of on the left, on the lower left, there's a box you click on for all the conference information and the whole, um, all the information as far as Mm -hmm. the room, the agenda, everything is, is we want it to be as transparent as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And I know that you, you had told me that you applied for IBCLC credits for the conference. That takes a while, but it usually comes through. And they've, they've emailed me back to say that they're processing the application. I, it sounded favorable. Um, it's, it's tricky because uh, not all of the sessions directly apply to lactation. Mm-hmm. So I suspect that, um, you know, like the one on obstructive sleep apnea may or may not get it approved, but we, most of them are going to apply. Excellent. There's a lot of kind of baby centric stuff and things that go beyond babies, but um, even the stuff that goes beyond babies tends to include them since uh-huh. that's, um, the tongue is for life, right? It's important, but it starts at birth yep. and we even have someone who's speaking about before birth. 
and about fetal constraint in utero and how that affects oral function. So, oh, I can't wait. I, now you, now you, you know, like I'm going to get off this call and I'm going to, you know, sign up because I can't yeah. wait. I and this. what I will say, I, some people I think are kind of skittish is what we've decided to do is get recordings of all of the sessions so that people who miss so one, if you can't get there, you can still register and get recordings of all the sessions. Okay. Two, if you miss a session or um, travel ends up not working out, you still get recordings of all the sessions for a year after the conference. Beautiful. And what I kind of like is because we'll have access to the recordings, um, the concurrent sessions where you have to pick one, mm-hmm. I can go and listen to the two yeah. that I miss. Yeah. Because <laughs> I hate that. I hate when there's like two sessions I really want to see. So uh, now at least I get to go back and, and listen to, yeah. to that. Um, so yeah, the last time I spoke um, at a conference, there was a concurrent session that I wanted to see myself. And I was like, I don't yes. like anybody if they don't come to my session because that sounds better than what I'm talking about. That's, so that's what happened to me at the last ICAP conference. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was speaking was on that good. model that I developed that we were talking about. And and there was and like the, the one session that I wanted to see the most in the whole conference was adjacent mine. I was just like, you guys are killing me. <laughs> so I, I'm glad I won't have to miss any any sessions. This yeah. Morning. So this was great, Jessica. Thank you so much for taking the time. And um, I hope that the membership in ICAP continues to grow. And I wish you a very successful conference. I hope to be there. And uh, we'll hang out and have a drink. Yes, I will be so excited to, to meet in person. And, um, you know, the free flowingness, it's just different when you're in person. Mm-hmm. I'll be really excited to just see your face and give hugs to people who are comfortable giving hugs. Perfect. Uh, thank um, you for having me. Oh, it's you're been welcome. great to connect. I look forward to listening to more of your podcasts. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. Check out the show notes for useful links about the topics we discussed and for ways to follow us on social media. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.